Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It looked like James picked the ball up. Literally, it was like, I'm just going to run I to mean, the back. He hit him with the spin and the was step. A, it was a cold move. It was about five steps, but it looked like it was only two. Man, it was about seven steps. In the last two, he picked up the right and the left. Today's new age, that ain't no travel. Man, that was such a travel. LeBron travels every time he catches the ball when there's an inbound pass. I just want you to know this. He will literally catch hey, the inbound pass, Jay. take a step or two, and then start dribbling. <laughs> I can't. Don't I can't. say LeBron's name. Everybody travels no. these days. It's no, where the game but is. that one right there to James. James picked the ball up <laughs> and walked to the rim. And that wasn't – I, I, get, I like seen, it. Have you seen all these uh, these memes that people have been doing, like where they do LeBron, where they be going like this, <laughs> just Euro-stepping all the way to yeah, the He, the he uh, LeBron, was it last year? Was it last year? Yeah, last year when he picked the ball up across half court. That's what I'm saying. With just it. walk with it. <laughs> he was like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> There's two things they don't call in the NBA anymore. One is the, the palming violation, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah nobody carry calls that. Carry. Nobody calls well, AI that. changed all that. Right, just with his hand on the changed way. Changed all changed that. Changed it how? Well, AI, the crossover? But they let him. You said change it. They let well, him do it. That's what I'm saying. They let him do it. But, I mean, that was AI. I, I, I never forget this. Keep I guarding him. Because, you know, now kids want to hit you with, like, the hezzy, right? Like, ah. AI, when he would put the ball out on his right hand, out wide, like you could not guard it because he would literally cup it yeah. underneath yeah. so he can rock it into a jumper, like, and it, but it rocks you back. Or he would just yam you. He would just shake you, cross you. And like you would bite for it, but you had no idea which way it was going. But he would palm the hell out of that thing, man. He just changed it, and they allowed it, and that's when everybody started doing it. It's the evolution of the game. It's Think the way it, it has to be. <sighs> I mean, right. I had some – Stuff like that every now and then on football field. You know, hit a dude with one of them and they go, bam, bam. Oh, yeah, you had that. You had that yeah, football. You got to have a little bit of that, a little shake. So you told I wasn't just big. You had I a had, little bit more of LeBron James I, shaking because you hit big. him with the muscle in the body. I was too. big, but I could play small or big, either mm. one. Okay, you know? I see you, Mr. Versatility. Oh, I could catch a dude. I could talk about myself too now if you want me to. See, Zubin, I leave for one segment. <laughs> he signs a book. And here we go. This is what happens. I leave for one segment. Yeah, Chris Canty joined us a minute ago. He encouraged Very Canty aggressive. to buy the paperback also. Was, it wasn't paperback. <laughs> no, to encourage him to buy the paperback. Oh, yeah. buy the hard it wasn't cover. paperback. <laughs> Jay, well, just be glad he tried to sign him to a contract. Chris declined. I mean, he left for two seconds. He almost got Wally Pipp. Damn. Man, Chris was big. He was standing over me talking about, you better sign this book. <laughs> you better I'm give like, me your cornbread. Very aggressive style. He <laughs> approach that he took to get me to sign a book for his friend. It was very uh, nervous. It was for his so dad. That's why he was passionate about it. No, it was for, it was for a friend. Oh, for a friend. Yeah, it was okay. just a friend, but he was standing over me, hovering around me, and I had to tell him to back up because what he was doing is making me feel, you know, it was, it was, it was a very uncomfortable position, I must say, Zubin, that I had a very large man standing over me. See, Zubin, people don't understand. You know, it's one thing to sit up here and call people names as a fan, and you do all this stuff, right? When you see some of these cats, like when you see Chris Kennedy, you be like, Yo, yeah, big boy. But I, but see, you see him right now, right, big boy. What do you think he looked like with his pads? That's on, what I'm saying. With a helmet see. on. How much bigger do you think? When I first, when he got drafted with the Cowboys, I'm like, damn, big. It's you like know, I, that's the first thing I say. I gave the comp to Zion because he reminded me of Julius Peppers. Oh man, like, JP. Now, J, J, I, I tell you, I saw JP on the basketball field. Then I saw this dude when he played in Chicago with a helmet and pads. I said, like, "No, I don't want no. I don't want nothing to do with I that." I played with him in Carolina and I played against him. Huge. But here's one for you, though, Zubin. When I retired, I go to the I go up to Foxborough, and I was already out the league or whatever. It's been about a year. So, I, first time I've gone to a game 
in person. And I go down the sideline pregame, whatever, and I'm standing literally by the tunnel that they come out, the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm talking to some coaches and whatnot. And uh, these dudes, shadows come by me. Shoom, shoom. These dudes so big, they come. Staley passes me by. Patrick Willis pass. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, I said, man, ain't no way in the hell I play football. (laughs) These dudes, look, it was crazy. I'm like, I had to, something was wrong with my brain (laughs) mentally to be able to play football and not think about getting hit by one of those dudes. Were you saying that past tense? Like, there's nothing wrong with you now? Here we go with the Duke education. <laughs> Let's go, Zubin. Last On the sports. Last thing, did you sign the book the way Kobe told you to sign your autograph, or did you easy. give him a nice... Oh, yeah. No, easy, I did yeah. it. It was quick. quick. You see how fast it was? Quick. Yeah. Bam. Boom, boom, boom. Some things you take with you forever. Mm. Gotcha. All right, so that. number... Name and number, boom. That's it. Keep it moving. We're moving on. Let's keep That's it moving. Right. So you wanted to shush LeBron. So we did last night because LeBron actually didn't play last I, night. I never shush LeBron. I don't. I don't make mention of LeBron. <laughs> in, LeBron in already way. came at me once. That's why he I told you. He likes to remind I'll me every to time I say anything about Better LeBron. Better leave LeBron alone. Dame Lillard, all them. You just oh, gotta leave him. You gotta leave him alone. Dan, Dan Orlovsky found out quick he, about. He Dan. learned about Dame Lillard. You gonna learn today, Dan? That he did. That he did. Um, so from this standpoint, LeBron doesn't play last night. AD doesn't play last night. So it's not like a shocker. They lose to the Sacramento yeah. Kings, 123-120. Yeah, Buddy fine. Heald went off. So yeah, LeBron clearly is an MVP. He's going to pass up that the Lakers lost to the Kings. We're just going to make it <laughs> seem like, oh, it's not a shocker. The Jazz lost LeBron two in a row. Play. I understand. <laughs> so it's not. The, okay. The Lakers lost. They it's lost. Fine. I know. It's, it's not that big of a deal. LeBron rested. We knew this. AD's not Brooklyn there. loses, though. Uh-oh. What's wrong, Brooklyn? Key every, every day. What's no, wrong? not me. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that if they lost. Not at all. So Brooklyn has an MVP candidate of their own in James Harden. Balled out triple-double. Nets hit the break winning 10 of 11. They're 24 and 13. But they are a half a game back of the Philadelphia 76ers in the division who got an incredible 40.19 rebound performance from Joel Embiid, as the guy said, in a win over Utah, who for the most part this season has been considered the league's best team. ESPN NBA analyst Tim Legler on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt last night saying, this dude about a week and a half ago dropped a half a hundred. He dropped a half a hundred. Mm. But what he saw last night in a 40-point outing was even better. And it's time for Embiid to be in the MVP chase. You know, I thought the 50-point game against Toronto a week and a half ago was his signature moment to thrust himself to the head of the MVP conversation. But that was nothing compared to this game. I mean, he did everything humanly possible on both ends of the floor that a guy needs to, to say, I'm the MVP of this league. And I don't think it's close right now, Scott, based on the fact that the Sixers are number one in the East. And I can't imagine what this team would look like without what Joel Embiid has become. And Jay, as you Mm. mentioned, not just 40 and 19, but one thing that I guess all big men have to be able to do now, but he does with incredible proficiency, game tying three late in regulation to send it to OT. At that size... I mean, he's, a, he's the most skilled big man I've ever seen. I mean, at that, I've never seen a big man at that size, like, you know, 260 pounds, the way he's able to move, being healthy, have that kind of touch around the rim. And the footwork is, you know, I, the reason why people compare him to Akeem, uh, Akeem Olajuwon to a, a degree is because of the footwork, because of the dexterity that he has. It's so graceful. For a guy that size, and, and Legs brings up a great point, which is, I, look, I still have James Harden, it, a slight advantage. Like, I have James Harden 1A, and then I have Joel Embiid 1A.01, <laughs> right? Like, it's – LeBron James is still right there, too. 
but I think LeBron James has lost a little bit of that due to the skid that they went on when AD and Dennis Schroeder weren't there. But like, like I'm saying, this is also fluid. This is going to change. But Joel Embiid, I've never seen anything like it. And he's healthy. He's healthy. He's played almost all their games. And that's the difference between this year and years prior. Can, can he keep it up, though? Can he keep the momentum, the goodwill that he has now with the Philadelphia 76ers and Glenn Rivers? Can he, can he keep? This going to make you feel like in the end he's going to have his team right there in the Eastern Conference final ahead of Milwaukee and right there with Brooklyn? You know, I think he can. And here's why I like it, because it's also a mentality. You know, a couple of years ago, everybody would say, well, Joel Embiid, are you the villain? Are you the guy that's always going to you – know, are, are you the guy that's going to joke around after games like you don't care? Are you going to take it seriously? Are you the guy that after you lost to Toronto when Kawhi made that shot – that was crying in the hallway where it looked like it meant something to you. Like it was serious. Like you were, I know, but th- these are the narratives that start spinning I, around. No, I get and it. there were a lot of times key too, I where like it. you would look at Joel, like, come on, Joel, like just take, take this damn thing serious. Like want it. Well, all I'm saying is he, ha- he still has the antics, which I like, but he takes it serious. Like last night, people aren't going to recognize because it happened in OT. He makes a step back shot to get them to overtime. And then essentially, um, you know, he flops, Right. Uh, one of the players, Yuri Gobera, hits him with a little bit of slight elbow, and he just flops to the ground and goes down. And Donovan Mitchell starts barking back at the ref, right? But the ref doesn't really react. And then Joel and B gets up, and he's like, oh, ref, ref, you don't tee him up. Like, implies to the ref, tee him up. The ref then listens to Donovan Moore and tees Donovan up. And then in a matter of seconds afterwards, Donovan's still barking, and then the ref tees him up again for a second tech, Joel goes over to him, hugs him, is talking trash to him, and Donovan gets ejected, right? I mean, it leads to the – but these are antics that a part of me now likes about Joel and B. Like, he will play into it even more and get you to be uncomfortable with yourself, but while he's taking the game seriously and playing hard and showing you the durability. Let me give you one quick story. And, by the way, if you listen to Jay, yes, two technicals both in overtime. That's not yes, something you see doesn't very happen. often. Two technicals in overtime. See, look, and now you can't see it, ejected. but Joel Embiid is literally following him over. Donovan Mitchell is going out, knock, knocks over the Gatorade. Poor Gatorade bottle didn't do nothing to you, Donovan. <laughs> But, like, that's, that's how Joel Embiid can also – and then Joel Embiid will tweet you afterwards. He, tweet, he quote tweeted Donovan afterwards. Like, he keeps that fire going. That's who Joel Embiid is. Last thing I would tell you, a quick story. Gary Parrish is a great college basketball writer. Jay, I'm sure you know yep. him. He's the afternoon drive host on our affiliate in Memphis. I know you went on our Memphis station the other day, 97.9 Memphis loves us. We <laughs> love Memphis. They we do love, love us. That is true. That John is Morant territory, true. baby. He gave a quick story here. You guys remember, we're going to get to NFL talk here in just one minute. Do you remember how big the hype was when Andrew Wiggins went to Kansas? I know he's turned out to be the NBA player they thought. Do you remember the hype for Andrew Wiggins? How oh, yeah. big? Coming from Canada, this guy's going to change it. Cover Sports Illustrated, right? Right. Comparing to Will Chamberlain. So Gary said he was out there doing it be, uh, at a practice. He was at a practice. And he said, you know, obviously he's there probably doing the story on Wiggins, right? You know, season preview type thing. How great is this guy going to be? And he went over to Bill Self, and he said, what do you think? He goes, hey, it's really good. Like, really <laughs> good. He goes, but he goes, the best player we're ever going to have here is over there. Mm. Nobody knew him because everybody was there to do the story on Wiggins. And Gary said, he turned around, he's like, the best player you've ever had here. You know how many dudes have run through Kansas under yeah. Bill Self? Paul yeah. Pierce. He looked over there, and some, some dude like Joel Embiid was just sitting there shooting some free throws. And now you think about it, how, how right Self was. All of the hype, all of the hype was on Wiggins, but he just casually turned to Gary and said, nah, don't, 
best guy, right there. Mm. You can see it right away. And I think it's finally coming to fruition, especially because the health has been yeah. the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing he's had to overcome, and he's been able to overcome it this year. Agreed. And, and Ben Simmons defensively has been a dog. I no mean, doubt. He's been, if you watch the game he played against Luka Doncic, Doncic. I always is it Doncic? Doncic. Well, do me a favor. Just Luka. say Luka. Luka. There you go. You're he's right. he's no, good enough to be one. Luka. He's good enough to be yeah. one. Until you, until you get it practicing a little bit, just say <laughs> like Luka. Big Vucevic. Yeah, sounds like my guy Perk. Yeah, sorry, right. Luka. It's I mean, okay. What he did to Luka, though. I mean, it's uh, you, you see how special of a talent Ben Simmons have, and now that we surround him with guys like shooters like Seth Curry and company, wait, Tobias Harris is playing. They are a team to contend for a world From title. From a defensive standpoint, though, being a bigger guard gives a smaller – either smaller guards struggle with that or big guys mm-hmm. struggle with it because of the same size, I'm assuming. Exactly. And, well, you have Ben, and then after Ben goes off, you have Matisse Thibel that he comes in, and then he gives you the same kind of effort defensively, which yes. is scary. And as you know, Thibel in college, was that's his whole thing. That's his whole like game. playing defense, making steals, last I didn't point. butcher that name. No, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough Got one, it. though. But you're right. They threaten Ben Simmons – by saying, we're going to bring James Arden in here. Maury, I'm going to pull the trigger. We're going to get him. They challenged him, and he's playing the best basketball of his career. That is indeed notable. Let's go to the NFL after this reminder today on the ESPN Daily Podcast. If you love boxing, Claressa Shields might be the best women's boxer ever. Learn how she's making history in one sport while potentially blazing a trail in another perfect for Women's History Month. That's on the ESPN Daily Podcast. Pablo Estori, listen on your favorite podcast app or wherever you get podcasts. Time for best case Worst case with the team that might have the biggest target on their back this coming season. And who has pushed their chips to the center of the table more than the Los Angeles Rams this offseason? The whole deal to get Matthew Stafford, bringing in guys. They've tried to do everything. They are maxed out cap-wise, but they are trying to do it. Sean McVay, four years on the job, three playoff appearances, and one Super Bowl appearance for more on what the best and worst case scenario is key this is your guy travis rogers from espn la 710 yes that is my guy good morning travis <laughs> how are you they always say the promos good morning travis how are you what I up sweet just- tea I am fantastic. It's good to talk to you guys. I'm just thrilled that Keyshawn remembers my name. I thought after he left us behind that he would have gone big time and uh, I never would have heard from him again. This is exciting. Oh, stop. I'm talking to you at least three times a day. So, Trav, what is the best case scenario for the Rams now that Matthew Stafford is in the fold? Well, I I think that they've already gone about 90% of the way on best case scenario, and that is getting a quarterback that wasn't Jared Goff. Hopefully, the Matt Stafford uh, Detroit Lions, you know, dirt kind of washes off nice and easily. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully Sean McVay was held back by Jared Goff. Matt, Matt Stafford obviously comes in and gives him a huge upgrade there. The offensive explosivity that they really haven't had for a couple of seasons returns because they have a quarterback that can make a little bit of a better decision. Cam Akers still stays healthy. I think that's incredibly important. And maybe a squeeze one more year out of Andrew Whitworth, who's 39 years old. So I, I think those are the best possible scenarios. But I think they're probably most of the way there because the Rams were the only team that got deep into the playoffs where their biggest liability was their quarterback. You look at the other teams that got into that second round. The quarterback was in large part the reason they were there the Rams were there despite the fact that the quarterback was holding them back so they have already executed a huge part of the best case scenario totally right there Whitworth protecting Stafford now and the fact that Sean and McVay who had never said a crossword since uh, you know arriving in LA I mean he let it out there on golf at least to his extent worst case scenario for the team would be this offseason what 
Well, <laughs> the 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 Lions weren't the problem with Matt Stafford. That there's something there that the stats don't show that he doesn't become the guy that we're hoping he does, that Aaron Donald's injury lingers, and then it spirals from there. Because, like you guys said, they pushed all in. They don't have any draft picks. They don't have any money. They don't have anything to do other than what they have right here in front of them. So if the draft picks don't pan out, they've got no way to fix it. They don't have any first-round draft picks to do it. They've been pretty good in the draft uh, beyond the first round so far. Maybe that doesn't work out there. San Francisco could find a quarterback. That's bad news. J.J. Watt has a little bit left in the tank that's bad news Russell Wilson decides to stay in Seattle that could be bad news so there is a scenario but I've just kind of blocked all of that out when they did what they did I think that uh, everybody's incredibly excited about what it is but if Matt Stafford is not the answer I don't know how you fix it from there are you in the home studio or are you in Staples no, I wish I was in Staples Key. I'm still in my garage, man. I've been I've been in the garage since March. I haven't gotten out yet. Okay, so you're Travis right now. You're not Sweet Tea. No, so, Sweet Tea. I have to cross through Long Beach to turn into Sweet Tea. Exactly. Wait, what's the difference that, between Sweet Tea and Travis? I, I'll explain it to you. Uh, right. So, Sean McVay's been to the playoffs, Travis, three out of the last four years. So, mm-hmm. what would constitute a successful season for the Rams in 2021? Well, I think it's twofold key. I think, number one, they need to go further than they did last year, which was the second round of the playoffs, the divisional round. So you got to get at least into the conference finals. But I think considering the price they paid to get it done, I think it's a Super Bowl appearance or bust. I, I, you cannot give a guy $100 million like they gave to Jared Goff and then five minutes later decide that, uh, you know what, he's not our guy. Let's get rid of him, and here's a couple of first-round draft picks to take him off of our hands. Uh so I think you got to get to the Super Bowl, if not this year, then in the first couple of years. And, and for the first time ever, I think Sean McVay has a little bit of a target on him because you saw it last year. When the Rams would lose, everybody would immediately turn to Jared Goff and go, that's the problem right there. If Jared Goff isn't there and they continue to struggle offensively, if they continue to make some of the same mistakes, then there's not going to be Jared Goff to point at. They're going to start pointing at Sean McVay. So sweet tea. Jay will answer your question. <laughs> Travis lives in a very affluent neighborhood in South Orange County. And people in Orange County, their skin start to itch mm. as they get closer <laughs> to South L.A., kind of downtown, 710 freeway, a <laughs> little more urban. And so when he crosses over the 710 mm. freeway to go that to the 110 urban. freeway, he becomes cool, Travis Gold Chains. He's hanging out with Ooh. us, me and LZ. So he became so sweet, sweet tea. tea. Yeah, he cool. Ah. He eating Popeye's chicken. He chilling. <laughs> when he goes back down south, he becomes Travis, which is buttoned up. We're going to play some golf. My buddies, we're going to go and have. What are, what's the drink that we drink, Travis, when old, we're together? Old fashioned. Old fashioned. You forgot an important part of this. When you shake hands, you got to keep the elbow by yeah, your you side. Yeah, you got to keep the elbow nice and wide. Yeah, you got to keep. That's why he becomes Travis when he goes to South Orange County. When he's down with us in the hood, he's sweet tea. Does Travis put uh, hot sauce on the chicken, or the sweet tea put hot sauce no, on the chicken? No, he don't. But, Jay Will, I, I, I will eat whatever you put in front of me. Key can speak to this. Yes. Whether okay. it's got hot sauce or no, whatever it is, I am your guy. <laughs> yes, we, we, we've had many dinners together. I used to cook for them and bring the food in in the morning time for them and everything. We got to get the show out to L.A. We got to bring, no, we we, bring sweet tea. On. I want to I see the difference, the dichotomy between sweet tea and Travis. I need Plenty of room it. in my well, garage, look at the, Jay Will. We can all hang out here. I, well, look at his picture. That'll tell you what that's sweet. Travis? That's Travis. That's Travis. <laughs> that's Travis. That's Travis right there, Zubin. <laughs> it, it, so I'll show you some pictures uh, of sweet tea. Travis, I feel like I know you with all the promos we do, man. 
No, I love it, man. I love it when you throw it to me, and I like that you're giving Key a hard time with the Lakers. I'm with Key. The Lakers are going to be just fine, but I like hearing you uh, give them a hard time. Well, who, okay, so answer me this, because I know that's your squad. Yeah. But who would be your top three candidates and rank them for me in order as far as MVP right now in the NBA? LeBron, Harden, Embiid in that order. Wow, why, why, why is Embiid third considering – what, what he did last night. I mean, he 40 and 19 against Rudy Gobert, 50 points against Chicago the other night, number one in the East. I mean, if there's anything, Travis, like I'm wondering, did LeBron lose a little bit of his, his way due to that skid that they have without Andy and Dennis Schroeder? Well, I don't know if he lost a little bit of his way. I think last night when you got to watch him play against Sacramento without him at all, you realized just how much he was yeah. doing with that Laker team because hmm. without AD and without LeBron, they were missing Gasol, they were missing Caruso, a bunch of guys. That Laker team gave me a cold shiver down my spine to the Laker teams from a couple of years ago where they were li- really very under-talented. But uh, I still think LeBron's at the top. Embiid's having a great year. Harden's having a great year. But I just think that LeBron has more on his plate every night than any other player in the league. He hmm. handles it better than any other player in the league and when it's time to go and I think you're going to see him time to go coming out of this all-star break he's going to push himself right back to the top of the list got to give us a yes no we were stunned that Key was watching Dodgers spring training baseball we actually made him give us proof do you watch that stuff let me tell you this Zubin yes I watch it as well but do not sleep on Key's Dodger knowledge I'm telling you right now that he he's got some deep Dodger knowledge that for the I, I was like you guys the first couple of times he laid some Daryl Thomas and Reggie Smith in full I'm like wait He's a baseball guy, but he's got it for sure. <laughs> they were shocked that I was watching spring training. I'm not. You know, I'm not. I had to see what Gavin Lux had, man. Yeah, not much. Not exactly. Hopefully he gets it squared away. Keel drop a Steve Sachs reference every now and again. Thank you, Trav. <laughs> Thanks, All right, Sweet T. All right. Sweet T. There he is. His well, he, no, he's Travis because he's Travis, down Travis, in South Orange yeah, County. He's buttoned up. He hasn't been Sweet T for a while since yeah, last March. Yeah, he's been Travis. Yeah. He, hasn't, he hasn't been down <laughs> in downtown L.A. in a while. Last March, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. That was Travis Rogers, pre- and post-host for the Los Angeles Rams, who have a bullseye on their back. Joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. Pre-post and halftime. Oh, all three. That's what we call him. Pre-post Pre-post and halftime. Don't forget the (laughs) halftime. On the way, I think we all remember, if you're old enough, this guest next. One of the most unlikely winners in the history of the NBA Slam Dunk Contest will join us Next, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, off to NBA All-Star Weekend. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. Greg McDermott, head coach of the Creighton Blue Jays. Revealed yesterday 
after making some insensitive comments on Saturday after the loss at Xavier, in which he asked his players to stay on the plantation in a weak effort to ask them to stay together, said yesterday before their huge game with Villanova, I offered to resign for making those comments. He did not take questions after the game, a 12-point loss to Villanova, but he did say he saw the pain in their faces, speaking of his players, and asking for some contrition, saying, quote, one mistake doesn't define you. Creighton back in action. will take on the Bulldogs of Butler on Saturday. Selection Sunday. Creighton is definitely going to be in the field. It'll be Sunday, March 14th. So they need a little bit of a break here. The Nets are getting a little bit of a break as well. They've hit the All-Star break. They're 24-13. and 13. They're on fire. Their latest win, James Harden's homecoming to Houston, 132-114. Harden, 29-10-14. and 14 Dimes his eighth triple-double since joining the Nets. They are on fire. They sit a half game behind the Sixers in the Atlantic Division. Embiid balled out for 40-19 and 19 in an OT win against Utah. Black history always. Today we honor Bullet. Bob Hayes, the only man to win the Super Bowl and an Olympic gold medal. That is incredible. Known as Bullet because of his incredible speed. And I still think it's one of the greatest accomplishments any athlete can have. You can only hold it for a very finite amount of time. Michael Johnson, Usain Bolt, and certainly Bullet Bob Hayes was once the world's fastest man. In 1964, the following year, he was an NFL All-Pro in his rookie season with the Cowboys. And to add to the black history always theme of this, he played at a historically black college in University of Florida. A&M Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We are getting ready for NBA All-Star Weekend in Atlanta, and it's just a little coincidental that one of the, I think, most legendary Atlanta Hawks is on the phone with us now, and that, of course, is Spud Webb. I think the greatest slam dunk champion mm. in NBA history. The fact that, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're old enough to remember the 50-pointer, the, the last one where the palm off the backboard, everything, if you're old enough to remember that, remember, Spud couldn't even palm the ball, right? So what he was able to do with that 50, with his family in the crowd, I mean, it couldn't be better. Spud, you put so many smiles on so many faces as people have thought about that over the decades. But I want to know, who do you think? Most people say my favorite slam dunk champion is Spud, but who do you think? We've had some legends. We've had some unlikely people. Who was your favorite slam dunk champion? Well, Dominique, man, he uh, he was my favorite because uh, he dunked so powerful. Uh, when his dunks go through uh, the windmills, it's like sometimes we be in film watching, supposedly watching another team, and we end up watching Dominique dunk. <laughs> Last thing quickly, can you remind me who you defeated in the final round of the slam dunk title that year? I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> Well, my good friend, Dominique. That's right. I just wanted to make sure we got that right. Okay. Uh, Spud, you know, we're, we're showing some highlights of, of some of the, the yams you put down. I remember being a little kid watching you. I'm only 6'2". Key always teases me about being the short guy on the crew. Um, you know, but it's amazing some of the things you were able to do. How many people come up to you and talk to you about, you know, that moment in 1986 in your overall career? Oh, every day, Jay. I mean, every store you walk in. Anywhere you go, they all say they were there. The arena only holds 20,000. I bet 100,000 people have told me they were there. But uh, Doc Rivers told me, he said, man, you're going to never live that down. And he wasn't joking. And everywhere you go, somebody asked you, can you still dunk? Can you touch the ceiling? And it's just – but, uh, you know, you. that's why I started getting out of dunk contests because you want to be known as a basketball player, not a not a sideshow. But uh, I, I'd never live that down. 
Interesting. It, interesting. That's why you decided to get out of it. Because now, you know, we talk about how do we make this event better each and every year. Um, are, do you think that's why guys don't want to participate in the slam dunk contest as much? Like the bigger name superstars? Yeah, you you want the bigger names because, you know, you, you, you want to see the best. And uh, we all talk about it all the time, man. We want to see this guy, that guy get in because he's one of the best players. Like when Dominique and Jordan was going at it which I thought was the best dunk contest ever. Uh, uh, you want to see those, the bigger guys get in it. And, uh, you know, it's di- kind of disappointing when you don't see the bigger names get in it. How about LeBron James? I mean, uh, I, I know obviously he carries a, a pretty large load throughout the course of the season. He's always trying to win a championship, which is understood. But, you know, I, Michael Jordan was trying to do the same thing back then. And he participated in, like you just mentioned. You know, why do you think we haven't seen LeBron James in a slam dunk con- competition? I don't know. I mean, for about 10 years, we've been, you know, wishing and hoping that he get in it. And uh, that was the one thing that, you know, all the guys like him have a, a, a dunk contest championship, a trophy. And I, I just thought like in 2008, 9 and 10, I thought there were the three years that uh, he could have won it easily and went on about his business. You know, um, we are joined by Spud Webb, the 1986 NBA slam dunk champion. NBA All-Star Weekend is coming to Atlanta. And you're going to be a judge this year. We have five past slam dunk champions to serve as judges this year. Uh, D. Brown, hopefully he won't have his eyes covered. He'll be looking at the, uh, the, dun- <laughs> at the dunk. Sorry, too easy. He had to go with that one. Jason Richardson, Josh Smith, Spud, and, of course, the human highlight film in Dominique back mm. in Atlanta. So, you know, one of the things, Spud, everybody said, like, everything has been done. So now you're a judge. Lay it out there for those that are going to be taking part. What do you want to see? What would have you flash a 10? Well, I mean, we got some guys people probably haven't seen much, but they jump out the gym. So hopefully they can carry the show that are uh, doing something. It's going to be hard to say, you know, do something new because I, what what can you do new? All these guys over the past uh, decades has been uh, doing all these dunks. So I don't know what they can come up with, uh, but these guys, these young guys are very creative. So I just want to see some creative, good, powerful dunks. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a prop in there somewhere. I don't I don't care for the props. I like the, you know, you dunk one, I dunk one better type. It's going to be crazy to see guys, you know, especially guys like Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, some of the dunks they've done in the past, see, you know, what these guys can live up to. But it's what I wanted to ask you. How do you feel ultimately about the NBA's decision to hold the All-Star Weekend in Atlanta during a pandemic? Well, definitely, you know, that, uh, you know, the guys sound like they didn't want to, you know, have it. But, you know, you got to go with job take you. So, uh, but it's just a good, good cause, though. You got HBCU. Uh, they donate to that. Uh, the awareness of uh, COVID-19. All that get out on national TV. And uh, and the NBA does an excellent job at uh, promoting um uh, charities and uh, COVID being safe and protective and wearing your mask and distance. But out of all the guys in the league, you know, we, we've seen some massive games. Fred Van Bleet goes for 50 points one night. Or, you know, as a little guy, as Key would call me, are there any little guys out there that you're like, yo, his game, his game reminds me of mine. He can get it in a lot of different ways. Yeah, Jay, I mean, you, you know, you probably sit there, you, you scored a lot, probably say, Hey, uh, if I played in today's game, you, a point guard gets to shoot first. Mm. <laughs> that that never happened back in the day. And then uh, you see guys like Damon. I, you know, every night you come home, you go, let me see a Portland on because you 
you know, that's the way you want to play. Then the alarm clock go off, you find that Dame is very special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I watch all the guys, Kyrie, uh, Dame, uh, Curry. I watch all the young, uh, I mean, the point guards because, you know, that's the way you wanted to play back in the day. But now Dominique was right in your year I'm, uh, telling me where he is and where he's going to be <laughs> so I can get him the ball. Last, oh, sorry, Jay. No, I was going to ask one last question on my Go for end. it. We, we're, this is one hell of a race we're watching right now before the All-Star break. Just dropped Joel B dropped 40 points last night, 19 rebounds mm-hmm. against the Utah Jazz. And Rudy Gobert, James Harden had a triple-double. LeBron sat out against the Kings, but obviously shows you the importance of him on the floor. If you had to rank those three, where would they be in your MVP voting list right now, Spud? Yeah, I think I think LeBron front-runner front right now on uh, the way he's been playing at that, that age. At that age. Uh, but uh, Ibib and uh, and Joker, man, I, I sit there and watch them every night too, man. That's that's tough. And then now James is, you know, people talk he just dribble around and what you do, but he uh, makes a lot of people better, man, more than people think. So I think he's uh, if they keep winning and Durant come back, I think one of those guys uh, have a chance to win an MVP. But I think right now LeBron is just, you know, way ahead of people on that right now. But Joker, <laughs> he's something to watch though. Special man, he's special. Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, he is something, and Spud hit on something that a lot of people are sleeping on with Harden, is that not just the the triple-doubles, like 14 dimes last night. It's not something that you generally expect. You expect the 29 points, the 10 boards, but the 14 dimes, eighth triple-double since he joined the Nets. It's going to be a constellation of stars, past, present, and for the dunk contest, perhaps the future of the league. Spud will look for you this weekend. To the victors go the spoils. You win it, you get to judge the guys. (laughs) As well. Thank you so much. Great to have you on. Thanks, bud. Uh, thanks for having me, fellas. Great stuff there. Key is back with us. Key, um, we were just, just talking about, I mean. Talking about said, how Key hates on the little guy. <laughs> stop, man. Spud said, what are you, you talking know? about? <laughs> Keep, Key call me small all the time. No, I do not call you small. I don't call you small. You feel that way because. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Fair enough. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. All of our guests, including the great Anthony Spud Webb, join us on the Goodyear Hotline. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, it's a fan base that's been looking to go hog wild for 25 years, and it looks like it's finally about to happen. That's after Jay has this from Granger. Undersized. I love it. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. 
so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. I've said before, most dangerous place on earth, more dangerous than the dark web, KJZ Twitter feed. So go ahead, Key. You want to say something? Say it. Well, our producer just got in my ear and said somebody on Twitter is complaining that every time I'm on GetUp, I wear a hoodie. Uh. Just in case you are out there, I want to say this. There's two different shows, two different studios. My studio is on the other side of Greeny's studio. And when they want to use me, I'm not changing clothes. I'm going over there in the clothes that I have on currently, which is a hoodie. So if you have a problem with that, don't watch. That's all I'm saying. I wear hoodies, period. Okay, glad we got that off our chest. Indeed. Because I don't like, I hate that. You tell people not to pay attention to Twitter, but yet something on Twitter gets you angry. Because my producer got in my ear and said something. Evan, why are you doing that If he didn't say that, I wouldn't even be worried about it. See, I don't drive a car anymore, but I'm going to make a great hard right turn right here. <laughs> right Evan said great content. great content. That's why we great content. Just re- I, I know we want to get to before we go, let no, it go. Go for it. But it's ridiculous. Well, what the people, hell do you care about what I have on? And people love just to argue, though. I mean, yes. somebody's like, oh, I can't believe you didn't put Jokic in your MVP conversation. I'm like, well, he's on the outside looking in I because they're not top the five in the fan. West. I'm sorry I tweeted that to you. Sorry. <laughs> the Nuggets fan. Be top five in the <laughs> West now. Put Jokic on the MVP list. I don't know what you want me to do. Spud would, right? I wish I, I, wish, I, would. I, mean, I wish I would. I mean, I wish I Man, I wish I knew who the person was because I'd tell him, why, why are you wearing those Wrangler jeans to work? That's why are they saying. wearing Wrangler? I just came up. I don't know. He might be wearing Wrangler. You go figure. I'm about to walk up the stairs. <laughs> why are you wearing those cowboy Wrangler. boots? What? Like, come uh, on, man. Just to remind you. khakis. Khakis. Not Wranglers. Greeny is definitely going khakis over Wranglers. I, mean, I don't really know Greeny. Well, I can't see Greeny yeah, rolling sweating. around in Wranglers. I, I got a hoodie All on. the jean selections, he went with Wranglers. I'm dying. Well. Wranglers, Cowboy Boots, they go together. (laughs) Indeed. So, Greeny, this week, by the way, he's got Mike Doc Emmerich coming up today, the legendary hockey broadcaster. It's been legendary Uh broadcasters week. Costas was on. Al Michaels was on. Vern Lundquist was on. I love that he had Vern on because this is Vern's time of year. March Madness. Masters. Perfect time. I love listening to him. Incredible voice. Like, voice was made in a lab. Like, it was like, it's not like a natural voice. It was like made in a lab. Last thing for you, Selection Sunday is Sunday, March 14th. And if you're old enough to remember this team being great, our younger listeners are like, for real? But this is true. A long time ago, the University of Arkansas used to be nasty, like big nasty, right? Remember big nasty Corliss mm-hmm. Williamson? Yeah. Arkansas has not been to the Sweet 16. I'm not asking him to go to the championship. Look, it's Scotty Thurman hitting a 3 to one. I'm not asking Scotty Thurman, Corliss Williamson, Nolan Richardson, 40 Minutes to Hell, all that stuff they used to do in Fayetteville. Arkansas has not been to the Sweet 16. A quarter century. Mm. This is one of, I mean, in the 70s, they were legendary when Sidney Moncrief were there. I mean, yeah. They've had so many great players over the years. But this year, they are sitting in second in the SEC behind the SEC champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. And Nate Oates, our head coach, joined us this morning. You can check out Nate on hour three of the podcast if you're interested. He had some great stuff to say. Rib and Jay about the Bobby Hurley connection. <laughs> he followed Bobby Hurley, knows him quite well. And, of course, Jay and Bobby, two of the great point guards ever at Duke, but they sit there at 12 and four. They're mm. 20 and five overall. And Jay, while Eric Musselman may not have really succeeded in the NBA, he is a terrific college basketball coach. Not a lot of people talking about Arkansas right now, but just watch out for him because on the year that Duke may not make it, the Blue Bloods may not get in, right? Duke, Michigan State, all those sorts of schools. There's another school Man. that may be on the way up that used to be great, 
that's finding that greatness again. The Arkansas Razorbacks. And Eric Musselman is, a, is one hell of a coach. He's really incredible. Spent time with the Sacramento Kings before being let go. But just the, the way he's came through the NBA ranks, and I will say this, when you watch – when you watch Arkansas basketball, their style is very fun to watch. He plays an NBA-like style with their ability to spread the floor and knock down shots. And Todd Day. And this, yeah, Todd Day, great yeah. pull. Great pull, Todd Day. Uh, Todd, all day, he could shoot. This is the guy, I remember, a few years ago when he was in Nevada at the tournament that was always ripping yes. his shirt off after game. Remember that? And his kids and his wife were all involved in it. So he's having a little fun in college basketball. All right, on the way out here, we asked every fan base in the NFL can get in on this morning's question. What constitutes success for your team. If you're the Chiefs, it's a little different than if you're the New York Jets, right? So let's run through some of these. Terrell 45, 49ers, trade Garoppolo for Deshaun and the Super Bowl. Boom. That's his best case scenario. Yeah, they want to give up everything. Wade, as a Falcons fan, actually utilizing Julio Jones as the top five receiver he is for the entire season. That would be a plus. Brian, Patriots fan, Needs to jump off Superman, Cam, and let Stidham develop with the young receiver core. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm oh. not even going to comment on that. <laughs> Stidham's your guy, huh? Yeah. And That's I don't know about the receiver core. That's the other thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No matter what who receiving core. core. They got a lot of work to do. Cam is not the issue. And how about Kai Nova 82? Coaches and players are paid because oh, they're the best in the world. Here we go. So the only successful season is a Super Bowl win. Anything less is a good, capitalized, good season. The NFL is a business. Businesses stay alive when good and thrive when they're best. Hmm. Breathe, Keisha. No, it's fine. He's, he mean, has yeah, a point. He has a point. Yeah, he's a point. I mean, just, everybody you know. tries to win a Super Bowl, you know? Yeah, I, have, I, look, yeah, yeah. I, I start off the yeah, season yeah. In, in training camp in July thinking I'm going to the Super Bowl at the end of yeah. January, early February, every single year I played, even though I may have not had a chance. I thought that I was doing it every single year. So, Tomorrow, Mel, uh, Mel's partner, Todd McShay's mock draft drops. We'll wait to see what he has at number two. As Jay said, the draft starts at number two. From the words you heard from Joe Douglas here over the last 24 hours, I'll pick up the phone. Sam is nearly isn't as untouchable. He walked it back a little bit. What is there to make of that? I, I think he's talking to two things, though, right? He's talking to Deshaun and the Houston Texans when he's talking about, I'll pick up the phone. And he's also telling people he's available if you got something for me. If it's not the right price, then don't bother calling. So he's saying two things. And, I, and that's, that's always the case. Everybody is tradable. Everybody. I don't want to hear nothing about Patrick Mahomes is not tradable. Patrick Mahomes is tradable. I'll give you the next 25 years of the draft. I mean, everybody <laughs> I'm, not is. I'm not trading Patrick Mahomes. No, of course you're not. I know. He's not tradable. Everybody always is available. What's the price? okay, that's not going to get it done. It's unrealistic, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. And this is a giant move for him. Douglas has come in. He is coming in after Darnold. But to have the number two pick, clearly you don't want to be picking at number yeah. two again. But this is a pivotal moment for the franchise. This is if they go I, I feel like it was more of a Hail Mary pass on Deshaun Watson. Though. That's what it felt like. It, it was. I'm talking to the Houston Texans, yeah. but I'm not talking to the Houston Texans. No, I'm, ta- I'm talking to the Houston Texans, but I'm kind of letting people know that, that it's available Sam's available for the right price. Did, did anybody think Sam wasn't available for the right price? But, yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah? You think yeah. so? I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know if that's consensus amongst the league. That, hey, Sam's untouchable. I mean, well, if you wanted the, Sam, you would make some calls. There's, there's coaches, general managers, executives that see Sam as a still can play. There's fans and people in sports talk radio and television that have no idea. They just going off what everybody else says. The dude can really play. 
I'm not saying this because he went to SC. He could play football. If he's throwing the zooming at you all day long, ain't no way in the world he's going to be any good. good Man, please stop. <laughs> stick to sports. Basketball. Hey, stick to sports. Okay, stick to That's basketball. my new line. Stick to sports, you numb nut. Why are you have a hood on? <laughs> a hoodie. Why are you wearing that? <laughs> what do you got on Wranglers? You do got on Wranglers, aren't you? No, Boots? I do not. Stop. Stop it. Real. Sag Harbor Comfortable. Sweater. Jeans. Jeez. See you tomorrow.